a new champion on Dynamite, a new champion on SmackDown, injuries, plus we'll talk about AEW Dynamite's new set, big matches. We're going to talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Got a new look, Ralph. A new set to start AEW Dynamite. We see this really, really big-ass LED board set from AEW Dynamite. We got lasers. We got bright lights. We got some updated graphics, although they look very similar to what they were before. We got a new intro video. We got a new look for AEW Dynamite. I had five thoughts, honestly, when it comes to to this new set. And I put them in our community poll to see what people's first thought was. And mine was, A, I loved it. B, it's good because it needed a facelift, I guess. It looks awfully familiar. (laughs) And we'll get down to that in a little bit. Four was, I hate it. And then there was one that basically was like, I like it, but I miss the tunnels. Miss the tunnels. Miss the tunnels. I miss the tunnels. So, Ralph. What are your thoughts on this? I actually, I will admit, I love the set, but I did say when this first broke that they were going to get a new set, don't make it look too much like WWE. And it, my first inclination was, holy shit, it's a raw board. A- anything that you can compare it to, whether it's boxing, whether it's base, um, uh, boxing, MMA, wrestling, you know, those things typically kind of get lumped together. It's hard to really create like an original set or you know entranceway rampway whatever you want to call it i actually felt like the tunnels thing was it was the thing that kind of set it apart from other shows Mm -hmm. Um, i thought it was different i'm not saying they should bring it back uh i i did like it it didn't wow me it wasn't like oh my god this is amazing i feel like i've certainly seen it before whether it's been in any of those other sports that i've just mentioned boxing ufc coming out of dynamite last night i don't think that was one of the main takeaways like, oh my God, the set is amazing. It was good. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. Well, that's a credit to the show itself. It was a very, very it was good, a good show. show. It was a good show. I don't think this really did a whole lot to be like, oh my God, I got to watch every week. And nope. maybe that's just because we're conditioned to it. Maybe. But I think one thing it definitely did, and I said they needed to do this with the new look, was it needs to look bigger. They had to find yeah. a way to make it look bigger. And while... I didn't want it to make it look too much like WWE and there are definitely the similarities and even the diehard AEW fans have to at least admit that it looks very much like a WWE production when it comes to that stage. They had to look bigger somehow to please the the network or please the casual viewer or whatever. And I think they did that. that. The stage just looks big. It looks big time. It looks major league. The lighting of the crowd made it look fuller than it really was. And I, I don't even know if it was a full a- arena, but at least it looked close enough to where you thought it was a packed arena. The The announcer's desk, which I don't even think many people are even talking about. I love this, the announcer's desk with the LED board and the screens on in the front. I love that. They didn't do too much to the ring itself, and I'm glad they didn't touch that. That's fine. The barricades, I know some people are like, eh, they could they could fix up the barricades and not do the old school thing. That doesn't bother me too much, but it still looks WWE, but it still kind of looks different from WWE. It still has its own thing because I love the eight different screens and they're all doing different things. It kind of reminds me back in the Ruthless Aggression era where they had the big screen and then on the sides they had other things going on. That Titantron, I think it reminds me a lot of that. 
but also like the classic, like 1992 to I think 95, where when they walk out the tunnel, there was just the one screen and you would see like the wrestlers logo when they walk out. It kind of has that little vibe to some of the screens too. So I kind of like it. I do like it. And while I said, I didn't want it to make it too much like WWE. I think they did enough to where you have to make a connection. And as a, even as a competing company, you do have to do things sometimes that the competitor is doing just to keep up with them. If McDonald's makes a chicken sandwich, you know, Wendy's has got to make a chicken sandwich. If McDonald's changes their fry recipe, Wendy's is changing their fry recipe. If the Yankees are signing this pitcher, the Red Sox have to sign that pitcher. And if it looks good, it looks good. So that's what I'm going to take with it. It looked absolutely great, but you did bring up, it wasn't the key takeaway from AEW Dynamite last night, which is a good thing. I think AEW Dynamite this week was a very, very good show. And it kind of felt like a season premiere and felt like a reset. And it really needed that because there was a lot to talk about on this show. First thing we're going to talk about is the thing that closed out the show for the TNT championship. Darby Allen pulls the upset against Samoa Joe to win the TNT championship in his hometown of Seattle. I mean, the crowd was behind Darby from the beginning, obviously being from Seattle, but this is a guy that people considered one of the four pillars of AEW were always behind him. Probably the most over maybe outside of MJF of the four pillars. And then he kind of fell by the wayside for a little bit, got this little redemption story going. And this was the culmination of it winning that TNT championship back. We got the closing moment of him getting hugged by Sting. Loved this. Loved the moment. Loved the match. Now the question is, is Darby Allen going to make the TNT championship relevant again? Because it's been a while since that kind of has had some focus. Basically, I would say since, uh, since Merrill had the title, I would say. Yeah, and he was really one of the guys that helped establish this title. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I've and I've said this for a while now, I felt like Darby had a much bigger role week in, week out uh, one at, you know, the first maybe year or two of AEW. I mean, for God's sake, when CM Punk came back, that was the guy that he, he challenged. He literally right. came out and he was like, you're the guy I want to face. Um, I feel like he's been put on the back burner. He hasn't been a focal point. The TNT title, he helped establish that him and Cody, they feuded back and forth for that. You know, a two-time champion. Now I, I loved the match. I thought the match was very good. I don't, pay attention to rampage nearly as much. I mean, live I'll watch it back, but I don't go out of my way to watch it live. Like I will watch dynamite live every week. Now Mm -hmm. I will say this stings promo that he cut very good. So anybody who missed out on that, that was a good kind of tie into this to kind of get everybody hyped going into the match. Everything related to Darby. I love like that. He won the title. Hopefully this helps establish the title, get it back on track. The one thing that's obviously disappointing in this whole thing, one, the title's kind of been bounced around. It hasn't really meant a whole lot. And, you know, even going back to Wardlow again, and I say this all the time, as over as he was winning that title, I think a lot of people, including myself, felt like this is going to be Wardlow's opportunity to really be one of the top guys or cement himself as the top guys, reestablish that title. He came out one week on Dynamite. He cut a really passionate promo. He never got back on track. Samoa Joe held it for what, maybe, maybe a month, maybe I could be wrong. Two on months because he wanted it at full months? gear. So okay. it was the first or second week in November and it's the first week of January. So like two months, yeah. you know, I, I think the thing that's going to be interesting is Darby is 
of course, the underdog. He's a smaller guy. He takes some crazy bumps. He gets thrown around quite a bit. Is he going to have a lengthy title run to truly establish this? Who is he going to feud with kind of going forward? I just hope that this title and Darby get put back on the right track. Yes. I felt like both of them have been put on the back burner for long enough now. Yes, I totally agree. And I mean, we'll see where it goes because right now I would assume Samoa Joe is just going to go to do Ring of Honor programming at this point if they're going to be on Honor Club. And I'm sure that's starting yeah. off soon. Wardlow, I would think, is nursing the knee injury or nursing in air quotes the knee injury that he got in the TNT match against Samoa Joe. So who's going to be that first man up? Does he do open challenges every week, which would be good for Darby to get back in weekly programming, get that title reestablished, or are they kind of getting him on the back burner? I'm going to be optimistic on this. I think a lot of people love Darby Allen. He has to get back put into the fold. But let's talk about the other big championship match here, the AEW World Championship, Ralph, that looks like it's announced but can't be confirmed yet because... <laughs> Brian Danielson claims he's the number one contender and should challenge MJF for the AEW World Championship. MJF is like, no, this is the company where wins and losses matter. Tony Khan said you have to win every single week from now until February 8th to get your number one contendership and your match. Brian Danielson says, I'll do it, but you got to let me pick the stipulation of the match. And he says, if I do this, MJF... We're going in a 60-minute Iron Man match. So for anybody who complains AEW pay-per-views are too long, Tony Khan saw that bet and raised you a 60-minute Iron Man match for MJF and Brian Danielson. Do you actually see this coming to fruition where Daniel Bryan runs the table or does MJF do something to get out of this Iron Man match? Uh, I think he runs the table because I don't know who else they'd supplement in his place on this short of note. I mean, you could technically do Mox. You could do Hangman. Well, you don't necessarily have to do anybody Punk, else. Don't you don't have to do anybody else, but you could find a way for MJF to get Brian Danielson to lose. But Danielson still gets the match because Tony Khan says, no, 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 no. You don't force him to lose and then not get the match. So it'll be a match. It just won't be an Iron Man match. I mean, I can't picture MJF and Brian Danielson in a 60-man Ironman match. Not because they can't wrestle, because they can. But, I mean, this would really be a test for MJF if he could go 60 minutes. We already know Danielson sure could do it because Danielson did it a year ago with Hangman Page. Well, first of all, let me go back to the segment itself. I actually... That was the aspect of the, the segment that I didn't like because I felt like they could have talked about him running the table, letting him pick the stipulation without actually announcing that it was going to be an Iron Man match. I would have saved that announcement until we got closer to him actually, you know, realizing that he was going to do it or doing it and getting closer to the pay-per-view. I felt like they, again, I don't remember the exact segment, but I feel like we had this conversation not too long ago where they took like what could have been a month worth of stuff that could have happened and just packed it all into one 10 minute segment where it was like, it was long. Well, I want to match minutes. with you. It was long. It was long. And I actually, I felt like it was, I, re I remember sitting there watching it and saying to myself, my God, this is, this is like a long segment. And it's like, they're keep going back and forth with, it started with the mom jokes. And then it started with, okay, well, I'm not going to give you a match. Well, I will give you a match, but you got to do this and you got to do that. Okay. I don't, I will do this. 
And it's like, well, you got to let me pick the stipulation. He's like, oh, you're not going to do that. And then he picks the stipulation. He's like, all right, fine. It's just like, how do we get all the way from you're not getting a match to you're getting the stipulation? I don't know. I felt like they took a lot and crammed it all into one thing. And it wasn't bad, but it was just like, why? You have so much time in between to tell the story. Why are you rushing to Brian Danielson announcing an Iron Man match when even if you waited one more week, next week is supposed to be the big show, right? Supposedly, we're going to get a debut, which I know we're going to talk about that. Uh, Kenny Omega is going to be back, all that type of stuff. So I don't know. I, well, I, well uh, that is that was my prediction that next week is going to be a big show because, you know, we have what's supposed to be Soraya's partner being revealed, but it seems like that already happened because Soraya has picked Tony storm as the partner for next week in the tag team match against Britt Baker and Jamie hater. Now she does this in a backstage interview with Renee Paquette. Soraya is sitting in the middle between Hikaru Shida and Tony storm. So Soraya says that she's sitting next to the best wrestler in the world. Goes to Tony Storm, says, you're my partner. And they are like, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Thank you. All that stuff. And Hikaru Shida is on the other side like, are you kidding me? What the hell? I'm yeah. right here. So do we, think, reports today. do we think this is coming through as preventive booking be, to let people know, hey, it's definitely not Mercedes Monet or Sasha Banks. Or is this a red herring? I don't think it's in her best interest to go to AEW. I will say that. I said it from the beginning. Well, she's moving back to... Uh, Sasha Banks was moved to the alumni section today. So I understand that. I understand that. I, I, I think that based on everything that happened last night, Britt Baker giving the subtle you know, line about being a boss or whatever she said and the yep. wink and everything. I think we're in a weird situation where AEW has kind of put themselves in a position where the fans are either going to be really happy or really disappointed because if it's anybody in my mind other than Sasha Banks, I think the fans will be disappointed. But Even if it's be, Naomi. If it's the fan, would that be the fan's fault though? Because they told you Tony Storm is the partner. It It's not necessarily the fan's fault, but I do, I would fault AEW for not, I, I think any of these things are dangerous nowadays. When you say there's going to be a a mystery partner, and you say that knowing that there are free agents floating around like of this stature. But look, AEW works but with then, other promotions. But then they it doesn't put, mean it can't then be they like Tony Storm. or something. Hold on. They picked Tony Storm as the replacement or the, the partner for Soraya. Anything that you look into after that is your fault to, to overhype yourself. Myself I included. Agree. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying... You had to know. You had to know going into this because it, it, it's not like Sasha Banks was a free agent like for two days. She's been a free agent for a long time. It's the same thing in WrestleMania season. Cody was a free agent. They hyped it up. They hyped it up. They hyped it up. We knew. We didn't know it was going to be Cody, but we knew that there was uh, a lot of anticipation and a lot of people hoping it was Cody. Nobody really knew for certain. I mean, maybe some people were reporting it, but it was it was still until that moment where Cody came up through the, the through the 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 stage there. Nobody really knew that it was going to be Cody, and fans were really anticipated and pumped for that. If it's not Sasha Banks, and, it, and you're right, it, it's the fault of the fans because this happens with the Royal Rumble every year too. Uh, it's the fault of the fans, but if it's not Sasha Banks, they're going to be disappointed. 
That's their fault. That is their fault. I it's in it to a certain degree. I think it's Tony and AEW's fault, knowing that hey, we're gonna do a mystery partner, and you didn't even really need to do it if you knew it was gonna be Tony Storm. Did you really need to say it was gonna be a mystery partner? Well, well, if if Tony Storm was the partner, Tony Storm took time off, and then she came back a couple weeks ago. So you could have mm. still done the mystery partner, and it doesn't necessarily mean that. It's definitely Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet, whatever you want to call her, after these segments, too. Because you'll let's not forget, there's past history with Thunder Rosa and yeah. Britt Baker. So could it be that they still do the, you know, people are speculating, myself included, that Sheeta's going to attack Tony Storm and leave the building. Tony Storm is going to be left on the floor and Oh, she's unable to compete. Who attacked her? And we later find out Cheetah to start that feud. But then the mystery partner to replace Tony Storm ends up being Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Does that get a good reaction? Does that leave a, a good reaction if it's Thunder Rosa, given there's already a feud established between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa? Or are they said if it's Thunder Rosa, does that lead to underwhelming and fans hijacking the match or booing the no. The reveal or anything. I don't think you'll get that in AEW. I think there would still be a certain level of disappointment. I think you're going to get a reaction from some some of the more vocal, cynical fans on social media being like, we told you so and told you Sasha Banks wasn't going to go there or so on and so forth just because people are weird like that and tribalistic. But I don't know what direction they're going to go. If this came down to money, which is what every what some people were reporting, WWE would not pay her. Tony Khan wouldn't pay Cody Rhodes, but he's going to pay Sasha. Well, I will say maybe the reason he didn't want Cody is because Cody had too much of the WWE mindset and he wanted to be different from WWE and he let him go. And Sasha Banks probably wants more of the better for pro wrestling as an industry mindset that Tony Khan wants to have, or at least tries to present. And that leads to, him paying the money for Sasha Banks, especially because maybe he feels they need that one big WWE star to get them over the hump in the women's division. And Sasha Banks would be that person. I think maybe he feels like that investment would be worth it compared to Cody's where he probably didn't. And that's his money to spend however he wants. I'm not saying either right or wrong. And right now, Cody Rhodes only had three matches in WWE and he tore his pec muscle. So how's that investment working for WWE right now? But one thing is for certain. We do know at least one destination for the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks, now known as Mercedes Monet, and that is New Japan Pro Wrestling slash Stardom. She does appear at Wrestle Kingdom 17 and attacks Kyrie after defending the IWGP Women's Championship match against Tom Nakano. If you haven't checked out that match, it was a decent match for five minutes. but. The, the whole block of this part of Wrestle Kingdom was for Mercedes Monet's debut. Comes out, she's got this headdress on, she's got this, you know, robe on with the, um, the red circle from the Japanese flag on it. Comes in, attacks Kyrie. Some say she botched the move. I don't know if it was Kyrie. I don't know if it was Mercedes. Either way, she cuts a promo that kind of has some of the WWE tropes to them, including dropping the bitch in there. And on February 18th, it is confirmed she will be challenging Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship at Battle in the Valley 
uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling show. So first off, what were your reactions to this debut and the reaction from the crowd? Because it's definitely different from what we see here in America. And second, do you think, regardless of what happens in AEW, do you think Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet can bring enough American fans to the stardom slash New Japan product like a Jericho did in the past or even Kenny Omega in this Wrestle Kingdom? I guess I'll start with the second one first. Uh, we're we're going to see. We're really going to find out the level of draw that Sasha Banks is. I, I can't really think of somebody as of late that was at that level that she was at or that she is at and left and at least not in a long time just to kind of see, you know, the, the, her, her ability to draw in a long time. I mean, it's, has it though? Cody Rhodes? No, I, I'm Jericho? talking about women's women's. Oh, women's. I'm not women's, talking. Yeah. I'm not, I'm talking about, look, I mean, look this past week on SmackDown, they had their highest rated show in what, two years or something. Really? That's a direct reflection of John Cena coming back and him just being a total monster draw. Like he's always been. Mind you, two of the quarter hours that drew, the two top quarter hours besides Cena's match were Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. But we're going to talk about that a little later down the line. Okay. First of all, is there enough interest for the WWE, from the WWE fan base to follow her there? I mean, well, she, if you believe what Twitter says and she has of. that passionate fan base, those, twi- those Sasha Banks stands, do they follow her to stardom in New Japan and AEW? Some people think, oh, because she left WWE, they're going to turn her turn their back on her and just stick with mm-hmm. WWE. That, that's the thing. You will get fans that way. You will get fans who will say, well, you're not in WWE. I'm turning my back on you. already saw it. I mean, you saw some of the rabid stuff that was being said on social media where, oh, well, she bought, she, she's not presented correctly. This it still, I mean, it's not like we had like, the natural Dustin Reynolds going from that to like gold dust. She, mm-hmm. that, that was Sasha Banks. It's the same person. Anybody who's trying to tell you differently because her hair is a different color or her outfit was different. Oh my God. That yourself. hair. <laughs> what the hell well, was that you hair? Could disli- you could dislike it, but it's not like it was some crazy drastic change. Um, no, but it just was like, what the, what the hell's on her head? Yeah. She looks like the, um, what the hell is his name from the movie Hercules with the fire He's- on his head. I can't remember his name. Nonetheless. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think that it, it will certainly help. She's going to draw attention, more attention than anybody in a long time, I think, that has left WWE's women's division and gone elsewhere. So she'll have some carryover. Is it going to make a huge difference? I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I don't think to the level of maybe like a, a Jericho. It's all timing, too. I think that if you're a fan of Sasha Banks and you'll watch Sasha Banks in WWE, you could still get what you're looking for and hoping for out of a Becky Lynch, a Charlotte, whoever else, while still watching WWE. Will they go out of their way to watch Sasha? Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, how many of them? Right. I well, know. I will say they at least have me because I plan on watching that February 18th show with her and Kyrie. So they at least got me. So that's at least one. We'll go from there. But as I mentioned, this was at Wrestle Kingdom 17 that was a very, very good show for those that haven't checked it out yet. Get the subscriptions to the New Japan World. It's like $7.50 right now because of the conversion rate on New Japan World. You know, definitely worth the very minimal that it's going to cost per month to get that. But you had some really good matches on this show. I 
Okada versus Jay White in the main event. You had Carl uh, Anderson dropping the never open weight title to Tama Tonga. That was a decent match. FTR dropped the titles to uh, Bu- uh, Bushiman, uh, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. That was a very good tag match. A lot of matches, top to bottom. This car was very, very good. But the match that everybody's talking about, and rightfully so, because I feel like already this is a match of the year contender and might even be the match of the year already on January 4th. And that is Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Championship. These guys literally went out there not just to win a title, not just to win a match. They were out there to kill each other. And this is, and I saw this a lot on Twitter. This was the Kenny Omega we have been missing at AEW, I feel. We have not seen this Kenny Omega in a long, long time. And Will Ospreay in this match got himself super over with the Japanese crowd here. Really over. They wanted him to win this match so bad, even though I think going into it, Kenny was the face and Osprey was the heel. And then that promo at the press conference the night before, Osprey just, I don't know if it was a shoot, work shoot, whatever. That was a very passionate, hell of a promo. And mm-hmm. then they deliver this match. Osprey's bloodied up given hidden blades to the face of Kenny Omega, causing black eyes. I mean, these guys were battered and brewed, bruised. The match, I think, went 30, easily 30-plus 30 minutes. Didn't feel like it. It didn't, but it was a hell of a match. I mean, last year when I saw Sheamus and Gunther, I was like, yes, this is my match of the year. I don't care what match is left in the calendar year. It beat everything beforehand. That's my match of the year. I felt like after watching this, I don't know if there's going to be a match that tops this. I think this is the match of the year, and we're only four days in. It's hard to say because I feel like what we've been seeing from Kenny Omega, especially coming back from the injury and having to work the trio-style match that you're going to get anytime in AEW where it's very fast-paced, this was very different. This was all more traditional Kenny Omega that you're used to seeing in New Japan Pro Wrestling. There was a lot of big moves. Yes, there was some of that spot stuff, but it was... Done in a way where, look, there's a big spot. They go through their motions. Uh, there's there's some transitions, but they let it breathe. Uh, Kenny hits a high-impact knee. He's down. He kicks out a two. They let it breathe. The crowd resets. And that's the thing, too. Like Especially for a guy like Will Ospreay to go out there and have a match like this with the reputation that, you know, and it's probably not even a fair reputation, but some of the more casual fans will just kind of blurt out, oh, well, he's he's a spot monkey or he only does high spots. Go watch this match. That that was not what this was. This no. was hard hitting. There was blood. There was black eyes. There was bruising, elbowing each other, kneeing each other in the face. Great spots. Nothing crazy. Um, I mean, well, I shouldn't say nothing crazy, but it wasn't like they went out of their way to do anything overtly crazy to get the fans to go to go nuts or anything over. I thought this match was very good. Very yes. good. It started, and it even started out with some chain wrestling, basic stuff, headlocks, uh, reversals, things like that, that you'd see in more of a traditional match that, you know, I don't think you're going to get from Kenny on a weekly basis in AEW just because it's not the style that a lot of them work. So it was refreshing to see him kind of go back to the roots 
the thing that made him the best bout machine when he was working with Okada, seeing him go out there and have a match like that, that was the Kenny Omega that got me into New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I'm happy I went out of my way to watch the match. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think also we have to point out too that Osprey went back as the aerial assassin for this match. He came out in his aerial assassin robe. He came out to the aerial assassin music. I, I'm not sure why he went back to that. Maybe because he was the aerial assassin against Kota Ibushi. And that was maybe the tie in because there were mentions of Kota Ibushi in that promo, you know, with the whole best friend thing. And um, for those that haven't seen the promo, definitely check it out. I, I actually got a little bit of pop myself. And obviously, the, the Japanese crowd didn't pop for it like the American crowd probably would. Like, oh my God, it's Osprey's music. But like I said, as the match progressed, the crowd was getting more and more behind Will Ospreay. And yeah. I think this time next year, Ospreay's in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. I'll put it out there right now. I, I, I honestly could see him winning the G1 and mm -hmm. challenging for the IWGP championship against Okada, maybe, maybe Naito, because I know Naito wants to get into the main event next year. Who knows? But I'm excited to see what happens. And I definitely want to see a rematch. Does that happen on U.S. soil on an AEW show for the IWGP United States Championship at Forbidden Door? Osprey versus Omega 2. It's definitely possible. Especially I hope it happens. Like I hope it happens. But I mean, if you have not seen that match, go pay the $750 for the month on New Japan World and get it. So, but you know, the guy that often gets merged with both Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay as best in the world is Seth Rollins. Usually those three are talked about as the best in-ring wrestlers in the world. And Seth Rollins was in the main event this week on Raw for the WWE United States Championship, which he actually lost to Austin Theory in a very good match. But unfortunately in the process seems to have injured his knee. And you could see it during the match. He was favoring the knee. Maybe he was selling something. After the show, in the audience, I took video of him collapsing on his knee. Um, and then he tweeted out, what is it? Re, re, redesign, Redesign, reclaim, rebuild. rebuild. Reclaim, something yeah, like whatever. That. The same thing that he said when he came back from his torn ACL injury. So is this him confirming that it is, a, in fact, a big injury on his knee? And what does this mean for Raw? And what does this mean for WrestleMania? One of two things. He's really hurt. And... um which would really be unfortunate because if it's an, a knee, an ACL, an MCL, PCL, whatever the case is, probably a good chance he misses a Rumble, probably a good chance he misses WrestleMania, which would suck, especially considering everything that's in motion. Cody's probably coming back in time for WrestleMania. There's talks of him potentially feuding with him again. He's probably right there as a favorite potentially to dethrone Roman, I would, I would guess. I would guess he's got to be up there in consideration. Yep. So that's option one. Option two is they're like, look, Austin Theory's doing his thing. Take some time off. You're going to be a surprise entrance in the Rumble. We're going to say that you're hurt. This is going to be a work. Cody comes back in the Rumble. Seth comes back as the last entrant. He, he you know, tosses Cody out, and they continue their feud or something like that. I, I don't know. That could work. I'm hoping he's not hurt. That would really suck, especially considering he's been doing so good, Some probably some of his best work in a, in a really, really, really long time. Uh, and it would suck to have him out going into WrestleMania season. 
Right. But but then what does that really hold for Raw? I mean, Raw right now is very, I think, top heavy, although Triple H is trying to build that mid card. But it's really been Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley hasn't even been on TV for the last couple yeah. of weeks. If Seth Rollins is gone, you basically have Austin Theory and then Kevin Owens, who's doing the feud with the Bloodline, who's it's really like a crossover feud. Yeah. So who's left? Can I mean Raw? It's Question. been this past week's Raw was actually very good from beginning to end. Obviously, what happened on Monday Night Football kind of deviated everybody from the show. And I mean, great news from Demar Hamlin that we got Thursday morning that he seems to be getting out in the right direction. And thank God for that. But this, I mean, this is going to suck for raw because he was really carrying the brand. He was really carrying raw. And yeah. I don't know if Theory can do that right now. And does Lashley come back and they reignite that feud again? And do they really need to circle those wagons again? Does does it now become Cody versus theory for the U S title? And then he's taken out of the, the Roman reigns picture. And then what happens with Roman reigns? It's amazing. What one injury could do to you. Absolutely. Uh, it's not really that surprising considering the, the position and the status of this one individual that could potentially be injured in Seth. So obviously it took a long time for Seth Rollins to kind of get that, recognition back because he had that stink from the hell in a cell match from Bray Wyatt all those years ago that just took years and years and years to come off. He finally got it off. And now this injury happens, which sucks. But with Bray Wyatt, now that he's back at WWE, he's doing this feud with LA Knight that just keeps going on and on and on and really goes nowhere. And we finally get uncle Howdy doing something in this storyline where he attacks Bray Wyatt but we also get confirmation that Bray Wyatt will finally have a ring, a, a match at the Royal Rumble. It will be Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight in a pitch black <laughs> match. The That's only thing I could think Bray. of, this is the only thing I could think of. And that was, remember that in your house, beware of dog where the power went out when the show just like first match on the show. The power goes out and Austin and Savio Vega have their strap match and the pitch black in front of yep. fans, but no one saw it on TV because the power went out. That's what I'm thinking here. They're literally going to wrestle with no lights on. How stupid is this? I, and look, it, when you say pitch black, be honest, not, it's not going to be pitch black. They're gonna black some of it out. They're, I I can't imagine they're. They'll gonna have, have the they'll ring. have like the emergency lights on the stairwell, as right. like the only light. But the ring's got to be lit. What are they gonna have them wrestle? Just literally wrestle in the dark. If Austin and Savio Vega did it, yeah, but that wasn't intentional. I mean, this is this is the unfortunate thing. This is what you get with Bray Wyatt, and this is why some people don't like Bray Wyatt, and I totally get it. He's great. He cuts good promos. He makes things interesting. But some of the stuff is just so over the top. And this could be one of them. I mean, we're going to have to see how this goes. But you just mentioned washing the stink off from like the Hell in the Cell match with Seth. It's like, look, we, they could be throwing that bucket of slop, slop right back on Bray here with this. Thing. Or LA um, Knight. And that, that's unfortunate, too, because he's actually been doing really good. The Uncle Howdy thing, I will say, this past week, on SmackDown, much better, much mm -hmm. better presentation, look much better. 
the costume was better. It was just better. Did Everything they borrow the Undertaker's better. mask, by the way? Because that mask is different from the mask we've we've seen from Uncle Howdy. And this mask I don't was know. definitely, it looked like the mask that Undertaker used to wear in 1994 after he broke his orbital bone. Look it up. I'm telling you. Yeah. No, it's it the Undertaker does. under that mask. He just shrunk a foot. He's five foot ten now instead of six foot ten. And he's Uncle Howdy. Is it Bo Dallas or Vincent? It's Edge. I've I've heard that rumor too. <laughs> There's been some wild, wild theories on that. I, I'd love to see what the Babel section thinks on who they think Uncle Howdy is, but makes sense if it's Vincent, given the bone structure and the, the facial hair and the hair and everything. It makes sense if it's Bray uh Bo Dallas, given the relationship to Bray being brothers. Some say it's Edge because I guess the way his beard looks can make it similar, although I think he's a little taller than the Uncle Howdy we saw on SmackDown this week. Don't forget, there's probably going to be some type of tie-in with Alexa Bliss as well. Yep. In this past week's Raw, it seems like there's going to be some type of crossover between that. Maybe this whole Wyatt Six thing's coming to foot. Maybe there's six Uncle Howdies. Or maybe there's four Uncle Howdies, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, and there's the Wyatt Six. Either way. I don't don't know where this is going to go. I don't either. I don't either. But one thing that we definitely know is happening is that Charlotte Flair is back, Ralph. Charlotte Flair is back, and she comes back and wins the SmackDown Women's Championship after Ronda Rousey probably has her best match on WWE programming since Charlotte left last May uh, at WrestleMania Backlash against Raquel Rodriguez. Very, very good match. Charlotte Flair comes out, and she's like, listen, I'm not waiting for the Rumble. I'm not waiting for WrestleMania. I'm challenging right now for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey's like, okay, let's do it. Charlotte Flair wins in like a minute, 30 seconds. The fans in Tampa were going nuts for Charlotte to come back and Charlotte winning that match. But you saw some people on Twitter that are like, oh, here we go again. Charlotte comes back. She wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. LOL, Charlotte Flair wins. And I get it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, were you all just complaining that Ronda Rousey was a terrible SmackDown Women's Champion? Who do you want to have the title? I mean, yes, maybe Raquel Rodriguez should have won if they were going to take the belt off Ronda anyway. It's not like Charlotte needs the title. And then there's some people saying, oh, well, it's Charlotte was handpicked again. It's like, watch the show. She issued a challenge. Ronda accepted. Ronda lost. Just watch it like it's a television show. The logic's there. If it was where that, if it was just like magically Charlotte gets the title shot for no reason, like we've seen in the past, then I get your point. But they laid it out there. Charlotte issued the challenge. Ronda accepted. Charlotte won. What's wrong with that? Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what pro wrestling is? I challenge you to a match. I accept. Bam. That's it. Well, what, one thing is for certain. Uh, so many people wanted the title off of Ronda Rousey. I, I mean, there were people that were begging for this. She has not been good in a very long time. Now, this no. was definitely her best match in a really long time. Uh, but but people did not want the title on her. So if you're WWE, and there's a number of different things, and I, the one thing I know is this, the negative reception that it got because it was Charlotte and because she won a title and because she won a championship and all those types of things, whenever you challenge those people and you say, okay, well, what would you have done? Who should they have put the title on? Look at SmackDown. Look at their roster. Who would you, what would you have done it's not going into WrestleMania season? And most of them are, they don't have much to say. 
They know Ronda Rousey's the champion. They know they don't want Ronda as the champion, but they don't know who to offer up as the person that should beat her. So let's look at this if you're WWE. Big show, Cena's there, trying to make a statement. You know it's going to draw a good number, which it did. It's already been reported. They're trying to make a statement knowing that, one, Sasha Banks is already going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's going to get a lot of attention. They already know that there's maybe a good chance, maybe there's a chance that she's going to go to AEW, which is also going to get attention. So how do you try to uh, position yourself in a way where you can try to draw some of that attention away from the shine that Sasha's going to get, or the, away from the attention that AEW's going to get? You have Sasha come back, you have her win the title on a big show in some type of crazy fashion like that. It got a good reception from the fans that were there live. For the most part, I think I saw something crazy like it got over 2 million views on YouTube. So, yeah, you're going to get that small IWC social media presence that's just going to crap on it because of her last name, because of who she is, and because of her title defense. What you won't get is them offering anything else. Ronda was given the title and an opportunity. She wasn't good. Liv Morgan was given the title and an opportunity. She wasn't good. Who else is there? On SmackDown, what are you going to do? Unless you're going to bring Becky Lynch over, unless you're going to bring over Bianca Belair, unless you're going to bring somebody over like that, of that stature from Raw to SmackDown, there's nobody else going into WrestleMania season that they can have carry this title. Ronda should not be the one doing that. She could chase the title. She should not be the one carrying and promoting that championship going into one of the most important times for WWE. So I get it, but I don't blame them for doing this. The other thing, too, is obviously this leaves a story. Ronda wasn't ready for a match. She just had a 15, 20-minute match with Raquel Rodriguez. So obviously she could pull the, well, I wasn't at 100%. I want my rematch. Boom, we got a rematch at the Royal Rumble. Got to build that card with some matches. If you got 30 people in the Royal Rumble, you got to have two in the championship match if you're going to do a championship match, which I would think they are. So. There's one of them. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Back from Charlotte. She could. And does Charlotte go? She never got it yet though. Right. The rematch. No. You know, Rhea could potentially win the rumble. Go back and challenge Charlotte. Mm Hmm. That's possible. Although if you believe any of the backstage, the, the report from one of those bullshit sources, say news outlets, it was Rhea Ripley versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown women's championship at WrestleMania. I mean, it could happen, but I guess if Rhea wins the Rumble, she challenges Ronda. If Ronda wins it back at the Royal Rumble, and then you have Dominic move over back to SmackDown to build Ray versus Dominic, which, mind you, that's been great. And what we saw with Dominic and that package coming out of jail after 30 minutes changed him. Like, he's a completely new man. Like, he's turning into Razor Ramon or something. Well, we'll see with that, but... You know, let's close it out with what closed out SmackDown, Ralph. John Cena, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. It drew. As as we've already pointed out numerous times on the show, it was their highest audience outside of the the three million that they got when they had the NFL lead in on Christmas Day and their premiere show. And those are the only other shows that have drawn more than this show on SmackDown this past week. This Cena guy is, is a draw, huh? Uh, maybe just a little bit. Maybe <laughs> just maybe just one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. And I say that as somebody who hated him. 
Hated him, hated him, was not a fan of him, didn't get it. But looking back on it now, especially now, it's kind of like, all right, well, probably was underappreciated. Definitely a guy who, you know, influenced quite a few people. And he is the guy in WWE to this day. This is who you strive to be. That's what you strive to do. You try to be that next person that can be the individual that can just randomly show up on some show of SmackDown or Raw or Dynamite or whoever, like a CM Punk did on Rampage, and push that needle to the point where it's like, that's a draw. That's a guy that we need to put investment in, put in the big matches, put in the marquee matches, main events. This is why, and you know, I was a guy that didn't get it then. This is why he's the guy that's going and main eventing against guys like The Rock. Other guys aren't given that spot, despite being better in the ring. That's the truth. Right. And listen, the numbers. Listen, this match was nothing to write home about because no. granted, 75% of it was in a commercial break, which this is the point I make all the time. Stop putting matches through commercial breaks. This point right here, everybody wanted to watch this match. People were watching SmackDown specifically for this. And like I said, 75% of it was through a commercial break. I think it went through two commercials. And it did. It went through two commercials and we only saw a Cena do what? Eight moves total. And five, five of them were his five moves of doom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the crowd loved it because they got to see Cena no problem. But the the person watching this live, you you have to feel like, what the hell, man? I didn't I didn't waste my Friday night to watch commercials. And this is the problem that I have with television today and professional wrestling. There's, there's nothing wrong with a a match going 20 minutes, you know, but they, I think they just do it sometimes just to do it and go through commercial breaks and like, Oh, this is awesome. No, it's such a horrible viewing experience that I have to either watch the commercials, fast forward through it or go through a picture in picture and be annoyed that I'm watching one screen and listening to another. They did I can't it with be Seth the only and theory too. Yes. It happened. Like what, what there was a match on raw this week. I think it was, was it Becky against EO that tag match or whatever? Becky and Mia, Mia M versus uh damage control. It went through two commercial breaks. The match was like 20 minutes. You can't tell me you can't just put one match in one block, one match in another block and like get more people on the television show. And build storylines that way instead of just having these long-ass matches. And I get it. It's wrestling. And it sounds weird to complain that there's too much wrestling on a wrestling show. But it's quality over quantity. And I feel like it's just a lot of quantity. We just need quantity of minutes in the match instead of just quality. Quality television. It's a television show, damn it. Give me television. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm conditioned to be a WWE fan or maybe because I work in the damn industry. I know what I'm talking about. <sighs> Any final thought? I mean, this was a very eventful week in wrestling, Ralph. I must say it really was. Well, it could be an eventful week going forward too, depending on, you know, what happens with Sasha, of course, on dynamite. If she ends up being the surprise entrant, what's going to happen with Seth? What's going to any developments with Vince McMahon? Does CM Punk show up on the big show too? Boxley versus Hangman too? That's going to be fun to watch on Dynamite. We got Battle of the Belts Friday night. We got, you know, what happens with the road to Royal Rumble. We got on SmackDown, Ricochet versus 
uh, top All dollar. Did you? I saw this tweet. I found it funny. I don't know if you saw this, but someone said that top dollar should be the favorite to win the Royal Rumble because he can't get over the top rope. <laughs> that is uh, a very good point. Very valid point. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. But all right, let us know in the babble section what you guys think of this very eventful week in pro wrestling, which almost went to only talking about stuff in the ring, except for Vince McMahon. Let us know on Twitter at SCPB Podcast. Let us know on Instagram at SCPB Podcast. And of course, if you want to get this episode unedited, ad-free, join SCPB Plus. Click join in the video, uh, under the video here, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. <laughs>